Some leftover Giants thoughts from the Joe Shane introductory press conference. Plus, we have a special preview of this weekend's AFC and NFC championship games that's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I am Patricia Trena, and thank you so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And speaking of YouTube, I wanted to give you all a quick update. Um, I hadn't really been paying attention to the subscriber account, but I see now, as I record this, I have over 1,600 subscribers, which means I'm pushing very close to 2,000. And um, for those of you who are new or who don't remember, when I hit 1,000 subscribers, the Locked On Network sent me a lollipop, a real lollipop, which I still have, by the way. I haven't opened it. And uh, apparently I'm going to get something else if I hit 2,000 subscribers. And... I know what that something is. It's pretty neat. And I, I'm i going to not tell you what it is, but I will show it to you when I hit 2,000 subscribers. So um, help me hit 2,000 subscribers. If you're not already doing so, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and hit the little bell so that you get notifications whenever I post new content here on the Loft on Giants podcast. And oh, by the way, don't be a stranger on YouTube. Um, if you have comments or questions, drop them on the community board. I do check those out and I do try to respond to as many as I can. Sometimes I miss some, but if I do, I'm not doing it on purpose. You can always drop me an email too on lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com. So hope to hear from you. And again, thank you to those who have subscribed and who have sent uh, comments and whatnot. All appreciated. All right, let's get into the stuff. So on Today's show, uh, we are going to talk about some leftover stuff from the Joe Shane introductory press conference. Now, for those who don't know, there were actually three type of, actually three pressers on, uh, on Wednesday. So we had the main press conference, which you all saw on Giants.com. Then John Mara spoke to a group of reporters afterwards. And then Joe Shane had another mini more intimate, if you will, presser with the uh, select members of the media. So I was in all three of them. And um, just a few remaining things that I want to touch upon uh, as we await word as to who the new head coach is going to be. I think that head coaching search will be wrapped up, I would say, probably by Saturday at the latest. I mean, there's a possibility it could go into next week, but... You know, if you're the Giants, you want to get that wrapped up so that the new head coach can go down to mobile, the senior bowl, and start recruiting for assistant coaches, which is, you know, mobile's usually a hotbed for recruiting assistant coaches. So um, I think Saturday, by Saturday, we should know for sure, but we'll see. And if, by the way, we do find out on Saturday, we will have an emergency podcast 
Um, I might even do it live. I haven't decided yet, but um, we will have an, a, a podcast. All right. So um, one of the things that I want to talk about is the Giants' commitment to Daniel Jones. Now, I know that that's been reported. I wrote about it on Giants Country. I know some people are like, why are they committing to Daniel Jones? Why don't they just start over? You've got a new GM. You've got a new head coach. Why not just start over? Folks, I've been saying it all along. The Giants never gave Daniel Jones a legitimate chance. Okay. Um, you know, I've, com- I've made this comparison to a new baby. For those of you who are parents, and you bring a new baby home, you want to make sure you have the crib and the bassinet and the toys and the diapers and the bottles and everything you need so that that baby can come home and you are ready for it. Well, with a franchise quarterback, you want to have an offensive line in place. You want to have receivers in place. You want to have a running back in place. You want to have a solid scheme in place. And you want to have stability in your coaching ranks. Can we say that the Giants had any of that? No, they did not. And John Mara admitted that. He said, look, we have screwed up this kid every way possible. And he's right. They have. And that's on John Mara um, for for creating that environment, for not doing due diligence with the selection of coaches, for maybe, you know, selecting certain people and kind of saying, you know, look, I, I kind of want these people dealing with the quarterback or the team. That's got to stop. And I think John Mara, you know, the light bulb went off in his head and he realizes that. Now, a lot of people have asked me, did the Giants ownership tell the GM candidates, look, if you get the job, you have to go with Daniel Jones? The answer is no. You know, did they express that they've screwed Daniel Jones up? Yes, that they did. But each of the GM candidates that came in and were part of the final rounds, they had done a little bit of homework on Daniel Jones and the situation. And Joe Shane, in the private media session that he had with reporters, talked a little bit about that. He said, look, you know, I I did some work on him. Um, You know, he needs an offensive line. I mean, look, let's not mince words here. Joe Shane knows that the Giants need a better offensive line. He spoke about Um, the receivers. He spoke about the offensive scheme. He knows all that has to be fixed and he's going to do his best to fix it, folks, you know, because, you know, they've got to find out what they have in Daniel Jones. And I've made this point before. You don't extend Daniel Jones. You don't pick up his option because his option year, which by the way, they have to decide by May, I think it's May 3rd, going to cost them upwards of $21 million, which is a lot to spend on a guy that you still don't know a lot about. So I don't think they're going to pick that option year up. By the way, I keep mentioning Dexter Lawrence. That never comes up, that topic, but his option year probably won't get picked up either. Um, But sticking with Daniel Jones, you don't pick up the option year. If he has a good year, then you extend them. I mean, you're going to extend them anyway, because look, if, if you pick them up for the option, you're $21 million, you, you know, you'd have to lower that number anyway. And the only way to do that is through an extension. So why lock yourself into having to pay Daniel $21 million guaranteed regardless? It doesn't make sense from a cap perspective. Now, what's also interesting, and, um, Again, I'm working on that cap piece. I promise that's coming sooner than later. 
is that uh, you know you let Daniel play out the fourth his fourth year, which is the final year of his rookie deal. Um, next year, when the when I say next year, I mean twenty twenty three, when the television contract money kicks in, now you've got a little bit better cap situation to extend Jones if you want to, if you want to extend Saquon Barkley, although I wouldn't extend them and make him the highest paid player. Um, you know, extend who you need to, which is one of the core principles that Joe Shane said he wants to start doing. He wants to give guys second contracts. And I pointed this out in an article on Giants Country. I said that the last time the Giants gave a second contract to one of their recent draft picks was Sterling Shepard, who I believe was 2016. The 2017 class is, uh, I think that was the Evan Ingram class. That's on its way to being extinct. The 2018 class, which was the Saquon Barkley class. Well, if the Giants don't re-sign Lorenzo Carter and Will Hernandez, guess what? Saquon Barkley will be the only member of that class left. That's got to change, folks. You can't build a team and not bring back your, your draft picks. So they've got to draft better. They have to, you know, stick with one system because, you know, with the head coaching change now, they're going to have to basically find out what the new head coach and the coordinators want and reshape the entire roster. Now, there are some core pieces in place, but you're looking at having to reshape the entire roster again. And the Giants just can't keep doing that. This has been like an ugly roller coaster ride up, down, up, down. Get some stability in here. Hopefully they get the right people, not just, you know, with Shane and whoever he brings in, but with the coaching staff. All right, coming up next, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of my takeaways from the Joe Shane introductory presser. And then still to come, we're going to have that special segment on the AFC and NFC championship games. That's coming up a little later in the program. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, let me tell you about an incredible app everybody who buys gas needs to know about. It's called the Get Upside app, and you can download it for free at the App Store or in Google Play right now. And when you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, you will get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. That's right. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the Get Upside app. Just download the app for free from Google Play or the iTunes store. Set up your account, use that promo code touchdown, and you will get 25 cents or more per gallon back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime you want to your bank account, to PayPal, get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands, you choose. So again, that's the free GetUpside app, and that promo code is TOUCHDOWN to get your $0.25 per gallon or more cash back. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia Trainer here with you. And a couple of other things I want to talk about really quick from the Joe Shane presser on Wednesday before we get to the preview of the AFC and NFC championship games, for those of you interested in that. Um, Shane outlined what he's looking for in the next head coach. And I want to mention this because 
when I was writing this article up for Giants Country, I, I was thinking about the last three head coaches the Giants have had, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, and Joe Judge. And I was thinking about how each of these criteria Shane mentioned was missing in one or all of the guys. So I'm just going to go down the list and, and just talk about it real quick. Um, he spoke about leadership, being able to lead a team and um, put together a good staff, uh, coaches that have a proven track record. Now, let me t talk about that real quick. The Giants, in putting McAdoo in charge, um, McAdoo started out okay, but ended up losing control of the locker room. And a good leader doesn't lose control of the locker room. And I think what did McAdoo in is that, you know, he went in with this tough guy attitude. And then when things started piling up and adversity started building, he kind of lost the locker room. Um, Pat Shermer was kind of the opposite in that Shermer created almost like a country club environment. And I go back to the time when, you know, in the locker room, we walked into the locker room and he had sofas, you know, basically he'd moved the players lounge into the locker room, which I remember when I saw that and I saw guys playing cards and throwing, you know, playing cornhole and all that stuff. I was like, what is this? Is this a clubhouse or is this, you know, a locker room, a place where they're supposed to work? So missed that out. I think he missed out on that. And then the problem with Joe Judge was um, I think he, he was a good leader, but after a while, when you keep pounding the same message and the players aren't getting results, the concern is that they start to tune you out. So you have to be kind of creative or willing to to um, adapt, if you will, to keep everybody's attention. And I think that's where Joe Judge fell short in his, his quest. Um, Shane talked about having a good staff with a proven NFL track record right away. That bring that reminds me of Joe Judge, who brought in a lot of college coaches. And that doesn't mean that they were bad coaches, but when you're trying to turn a team around, you probably, you know, given that the college game's a little different than, than the NFL game, you probably don't want to lean so heavily on the college coaching aspect of it. Um, I go back to Pat Shermer's coaching staff. Never really cared for it. I mean, there were a couple guys that, that I thought were solid you know, guys on that staff, but, you know, I, I remember Hal Hunter, I mean, the offensive line coach, you know, um, James Betcher, the defensive coordinator. So not, not a very good staff and McAdoo's staff, to be honest with you. I mean, other than, than Patrick Graham, um, I'm just trying to think he had, he had Steve Spagnuolo, who was, who was decent. Uh, Mike Shula, who was his, uh, I think his offensive coordinator, so, you know, I, I don't think I was too impressed with that staff either. So, yes, you want to have a good uh, assistant coaching staff. Um, all right. So what else did Shane say? He talked about developing players. And um, I go back to what I said before about how giant draft picks are not getting second contracts if they're finishing out their first contract at all. And that's not good. And part of it. Could be on the player, yes. But how much of that is really a matter of coaching? You know, are the coaches coaching these guys up to be the best that they possibly can be? I'm not so sure that's been the case over the last several years. 
So yes, having a good assistant coaching staff is imperative and you can't skimp on the cost or, or the, you know, the quality there. Um, let me see. Not, uh, Shane said, you know, you can't be reluctant to play young players. Well, the good news is, is McAdoo wasn't afraid to do that. Shermer wasn't afraid to do it. Judge wasn't afraid to do it. So I think, you know, these, these, uh, the last three coaches were okay in that regard. I know Tom Coughlin had a, had a certain, you know, um, thing about not playing younger players, but towards the end there, he kind of changed his ways. Uh, let's see. The other thing he said was um, being progressive in approach to coaching, including analytics, when to go for it, when to punt. In other words, don't be conservative. We all know Joe Judge was conservative last year. There were times when Shermer was conservative and McAdoo was conservative. You know, there's a time and place for everything, but when it be when you do it time and time again, you have to wonder just, you know, what's driving your decisions. And, you know, there were so many times and I'll, I'll speak about, you know, judge since that's kind of fresh in my mind. How many times did they maybe get the ball back with a minute to go? And instead of trying to move it and score, they figured, oh, you know, we deferred. So we're going to get the ball to start the second half. A minute in football is a lifetime. I mean, you if you're if you've got your act together, you can move the ball and you can get points on the board, even if it's just a field goal. And that used to drive me nuts about Joe Judge. So it's good to see that show, uh, Joe Shane is looking for a coach that's not going to you know play the game passively or play it for field position or anything like that. So that's that's definitely um, a good one. Um, the other thing that is going to be music to everybody's ears. I know it was to mine. Be open to sports performance, strength, and conditioning. Okay, we all know that the Giants have had injury issues at an alarming rate. They have basically been at or near the top of the injury scene for I don't know how many years now. It's got to be at least two or three. And something's got to change there. Now, are the practices too hard? I don't know. Are they not resting enough? I don't know the answer. I don't know what, what the what the cause is or what the result is. Spoiler alert, though, I do plan on having a guest uh, doing a show on, on this very topic. So that's coming down the pipe, too. But uh, the point is, is you have to be open-minded, you know, um, maybe change up the way they're training, change up, uh, have somebody who's like a... a, a science director or something of, of performance. I think the Eagles have somebody like that. Um, Buffalo, from where Shane came from, obviously one of the healthier teams. You know, look, injuries are going to happen in football. It's a violent game. But you, there are things that can be done to maybe avoid hamstrings and calves and, and groins and, you know, soft tissue uh, sprains. So that's something that you know, the, the next head coach has to be open to doing. And I think just based on what I was able to gather from Joe Shane, um, he's going to make sure that that, that I is dotted because it's so important. You know, you just, you, you can't win if you're half your team is sitting on IR or in the trainer's room. So uh, we'll see if that, uh, you know, how it all plays out. Um, again, 
we should know who the head coach is. I'm thinking by Saturday at the latest, although John Mara did say there's a possibility of it going into next week. I'd be surprised if that happens. So we'll see. Pretty soon the dominoes should be falling. All right, Giant fans, in just a minute, we are going to run the special segment we have for you on this weekend's AFC and NFC Championship Games as hosted by the one and only amazing Kimberly Becker. She has for you the Locked On hosts of the Bengals, of the Chiefs, of the Rams, and the 49ers are all going to break down the games for you. But, you know, before we get to that segment, let me tell you about Bet Online. The NFL playoffs are heating up and BetOnline is the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. Check out their new and updated desktop and mobile website where you can sign up today for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Visit betonline.ag today and for that 50% welcome bonus, use the promo code LOCKEDON. Coming up, Championship Sunday is just days away and we've got to punch two tickets to the Super Bowl. Who will serve as the reigning AFC and NFC champions for the year to come? We'll find out what each team still standing needs to do to earn a conference title on Locked On Now NFL. The biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are locked on now. You're listening to Locked On Now NFL, local experts on the biggest stories throughout the NFL. I'm your host, Kim Becker, and thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NFL hosts are here to look ahead to the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's start where these teams are trying to get to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. They will host the Super Bowl in two weeks, but first, the Rams have to host the 49ers for the NFC crown. The biggest game. San Francisco 49ers fans don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will be their starting quarterback next season, but they do know that he'll be under center to try to win his second NFC championship game in three years against the Rams on Sunday. With a chance to remain undefeated against the NFC in the postseason, our Locked On 49ers host says the key to a San Francisco victory is Jimmy G not making the big mistakes that could cost the Niners the whole game. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker, and I am one half of the Locked On 49ers crew here to give you your 49ers' main key to victory as they travel to Levi South and take on the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. All right, I, I think this this game it begins and ends with the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if I had to give just one main key victory here, it's Jimmy G. Don't turn the ball over, and if you do, just limit it. So right now, 49ers the way I see it, Jimmy G. One turnover. That's all we're giving you. Just one. Anything more than that, it'd be trouble for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's going to do it, man. I hope you guys appreciate that. Make sure you guys listen to our show as well, Locked On 49ers, the best show on the Locked On Network podcast. Let's go, 49ers, win this game this Sunday. 
Matthew Stafford picked up his first playoff win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's a win away from playing the biggest football game on the planet in the Rams' home stadium. Our Locked On Rams host tells you how L.A. gets the veteran QB to the Super Bowl he's chased for 12 whole seasons. Hey, it's Travis Rogers from Locked On Rams. So here is the one key to victory this weekend for the Rams in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember when you used to play with matches as a kid and maybe you'd get away with it once in a while and a couple of weeks, months, years later, you realize how bad of an idea that was that you could have burned the whole house down? That was the Rams in Tampa against the Bucks. They were playing with matches. They turned it over way too many times. Four turnovers in that game. Somehow they escaped. Somehow they beat Tom Brady despite turning it over four different times. If they're going to beat the Niners, they simply cannot do that. They might be able to get away with one. Two is probably the end of the wrap. And anything more than that, it is absolutely not going to happen for you there. You can check out more about the Los Angeles Rams on my podcast, Locked on Rams, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It is free and available on all platforms, your team, every day. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals just a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season, and since he won. So how do the Chiefs make sure that that doesn't happen again with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line? Our Locked on Chiefs says a combination of learning from the mistakes of that game and keeping the momentum going from last week will add up to a big win. But he has more on the details. The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs defense and its staff learn its lesson from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthews should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust, and you have to play over the top, and you have to try to take Chase and limit him. Not take him away, because then you're devoting too many other resources to that, and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that, and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe Burrow took a beating last week as he fought his way into the AFC Championship game. And while Cincinnati does already have a win against Kansas City under its belt this season, our Locked On Bengals host says that the team can't get a second one if it doesn't keep its quarterback on his feet. Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City and advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals came out victorious 34 to 31, overcoming three different 14 point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key, protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number, 
40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only daily Bengals podcast, Locked On Bengals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's a wrap for us here. Thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every day. For more on the National Football League and your team, make your second listen Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kim Becker. This has been Locked On Now, Locked On your team every day.